So much to unpack tonight. The horse show that was Extreme Rules. The Raw and SmackDown that followed. Slammiversary. We have a Kingston that isn't Kofi. Kofi is injured. Adam Cole is butthurt. Oh, and the Bobcats are still better than the charge. Let's get to it. Kevin and Michael are like, wait, did he just say Slammiversary? It's the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Let's go. Hello, everybody. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We're brought to you by the fine folks at Media Junkie. Please catch up on all of our previous episodes. Just listen back in the archives. You can find out information and interact with our podcast on our Instagram and Twitter, which is at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol, L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Q-U-E-E-F. Oh, my God. And we are Media Junkie's Wrestling Podcast. I've pissed Kevin off right to start the show off. Oh, uh, we are Media Chucky's wrestling podcast, but if you do like video games, please check out Jamar's show called Why Are You a Gamer? We're yeah, late we this evening. Check that out for an hour. Yeah, we're late this evening because they were recording a spoiler cast episode of that show. So make sure you check it out. He's done a great job. It's gotten really good into the video game community. So if you like playing video games, you want to find out other people that do too, check out his show. You can also catch Michael and I on Media Junkie's flagship, which is called the Fanboy Fight Club podcast. Just search Media Junkie on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, Spotify, and more. Uh, and just to give you a little insight into Fanboy Fight Club, basically we have a little game that we play. There's five of us on the show, and we argue our points about nerdy shit, and it's a lot of fun. So make sure you check it out. So um, just subscribe to all the shows that we have, and if you do use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. We really do appreciate it. And make sure you comment on how you like the show. If you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I am the voice of Media Junkie. My co-hosts this evening are the less sexy co-hosts. We have both kevin and we have michael on the show tonight how you guys doing i just like that in your intro you're like they're like oh my god why do you say slamversary and i'm like no i'm not i was more concerned with did you call it a horse show no, yeah, it's a horse, horse. <laughs> i didn't say horse. oh it's not it's not like horse show and i'm like oh so is, is this like a reference to like a, a dog it's and a pony horse, show? A horse, like... a horse a horse a horse <laughs> <laughs> okay all right throw it back oh, to the man. intro yeah, here, here, here's the case you didn't hear it already. Yeah, here, here's a uh, here's here's a peek behind the curtain. I record it right before we start the recording, so they hear the intro. <laughs> just, here, just here's the even more behind the curtain gimmick. is it it wasn't that way originally. Used to when Jason still did interviews with people from the internet, he would record that in advance, and we never knew what it said until recently. Yeah, well, I've always recorded the intro. Sometimes I would just do it before the show started, but hey, that's neither here nor there. So let's get started with tonight's show. So basically what we do is we just go to wrestling shows that have been going on throughout the past week. We talk about them and give our opinions on them, and we put it out there for the world for you to agree or disagree. If you agree, you can tweet us at Live Your Gimmick. If you disagree, you can also tweet us at the same. We just might not listen. No, I'm just kidding. We'll listen to all. I like to argue with people online, so feel free to interact with the show. And so, just be prepared. He's going to call you a fucking smark. I will not call you a fucking smark. That's, that's a total fabrication of one argument I had with somebody. 
and it wasn't even somebody that's not tweeted. a fabrication. It was there not, is Twitter evidence and screenshots. It was, sir. it was it was it wasn't even anybody that tweeted at us. It was a different conversation that I joined. But regardless of that fact, Jason just randomly finds people and is like, yeah, fuck that, you. It doesn't, that doesn't make it better if you're like it's a random conversation I joined where I was like, you're a fucking smart. Yeah, like I feel like it's yeah. more justified if they attack there you. One, there was one. There was one the other day. Somebody's like. Man, the sky looks so nice and blue right now. Jason's like, "No, it's not. You fucking smart. It's fucking like purple." <laughs> Kevin's just mad it's at clearly me. turquoise. Kevin's just mad at me because of the charge thing I put in the intro, and he he's he's just making shit up. <laughs> he's just gonna make wow, shit up through the entire show. So please please disregard anything that Kevin has to say throughout the entire show that has to do with me. I I'm, I'm, I'm say that. I don't know. I'm just gonna passively passively aggressive now. shit on everything you say. This. <laughs> All right. So let's defense. start off. I think we've been doing that for like 50 episodes, so right, that's definitely. not really a new a new gimmick. <laughs> what are we on? 57 at this point? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I kind don't of know. that's I kind of the norm, I guess. All right, so let, let's start off. So was I the – I know, Kev, Kevin, did you watch Slammiversary at all, or was it just Michael? And- I didn't I, watch it. that you think I did. Well, you didn't watch <laughs> it, but you, you at least know somewhat about it. Like, you watched some of the segments here and there. I, I watched clips of it hoping to see something worthwhile with all of the, the Black Wednesday people finally being out of their 90 days. But, boy, was it lackluster. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, I mean, here, here's my like 30 second take on Slammiversary. Too many Canadian ex- destroyers. Uh, the women's wrestling somehow set women back a couple of years. And the Good Brothers, I think, just found a spot to land because they wait, had nowhere wait, else wait. to go. Wait, wait. So did I miss a bra and panties match? No, but it's <laughs> some, of, some of the women. Some of the women are, are legit wrestlers, right? So they had like a they had a battle royal. And at the, it was basically, it was almost like a Royal Rumble style where every like 15 seconds or every like a minute and 15 seconds, somebody else would come out and it just, the match was kind of gimmicky. It was okay for what it was, but there was a a few women on there. Like for instance, have you seen um, Rob Van Dam's girlfriend, Katie Forbes? Do you know who I'm talking about? I've seen Rob Van Dam take pictures where he's like in a jacuzzi with like six women. So I couldn't pick her out in a crowd. Okay, so if you if you watch a little bit of Impact, and recently Rob and Katie got their Twitch stream completely shut down for being inappropriate, so he's kind of in this like Ooh. Charlie Sheen style gimmick right now, and he he's with his real life girlfriend Katie Forbes. I think they're I don't think they're married, but uh, they also have a girlfriend, and Katie Forbes is um, I mean she's a stunningly attractive woman. She has a huge fat ass and she shows it off (laughs) and she just like but she her wrestling style like she just seems like she's there for being eye candy and i guess that's where that's where i come come back with that is some of the wrestlers are legit wrestlers some of them are just kind of eye candy like they still kind of have that knockouts division in a way where it seems like the other two organizations have kind of moved on you know what i mean so it, it, I I don't know, but you know, and, I, I just the, want to point out if if, if, if TNA <laughs> didn't set women back thirty years, Jason certainly just did. Jason just why? Did. What I do? She's what gonna I say? F- and she she's this there to be a, a dude. A she comes face. dude. She comes out barely wearing anything on her oh, ass. And so like th- that's not me setting her back. Like that's her. That's her putting herself out there. That's who she is. Like I'm not. Uh, 
Jason does not understand how feminism works. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything that she wouldn't say about herself. Really, honestly. But well, I mean, apparently, she does a lot of naughty stuff on her Twitch stream that gets uh, her banned. Right? So you might yeah. be right. Well, no, it was the Impact Wrestling Twitch stream that they got banned. Oh. It wasn't just their personal one. They got the Impact oh, Wrestling Twitch stream banned because they were basically about the fuck on it. Oh, that's right, because they, they actually streamed the show on, like, Twitch, yeah. right? That's right. I remember hearing about that, because uh, Brian Myers just made his pseudo-debut with a vignette or video package on, uh, was it Monday or Tuesday, whenever they, they fucking air? Uh, so yeah. I was like, oh, man, how am I going to watch this? And then someone was like, it's on Twitch for free. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. But now mm-hmm. apparently I can't, because I got banned, because Rob Dan- Van Dam is busy fucking <laughs> putting his dick out there with tiger blood. I, I think oh I think I think they have it back up and running now, but for a little while. This was this was a couple of months ago this happened, but, uh, but that, okay. and, and that's only one one part of the story. There's also a few other things where they had a guy come out dressed in drag, like taking the place of one of the women. Some different things like that. that I thought was okay. It was fun. It was kind of gimmicky. The one thing I was kind of curious about. Uh, do you guys remember um, uh, Kylie? Or is it Kaylee Ray? She was originally signed for AEW. Cody even went as far as to put her over as like the the better Bailey. Basically, she's like uh, she's mm-hmm. Bailey but better. And then she just yeah, she's abruptly... the weird like smiley face emoji thing on her. Right, on her correctly, shirt, right? correct. Yeah, and she just like abruptly quit AEW and just left. And then she's apparently an Impact Wrestling now. So she was a part of that. And I think she ended up winning the the whole thing. But I thought that was kind of interesting. But Going back to like what I said before, though, there was a Canadian destroyer in probably like every single match. Yeah, you had Heath Slater show up, but honestly, he felt just as to me, he felt like he was the same person in WWE just now in Impact Wrestling. And I just like it, it didn't really do much for him. Like, okay, cool, Heath. Now, like, now he's got grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the show, Heath. Uh, it, it didn't do much for me. The Good Brothers came out at the end. Um, you know, kind of made an appearance there, but some of the other big reveals, like Eric Young, uh, was was revealed as as being a part of Impact again, and then they kind of showed a little thing that showed EC3 was coming back to Impact. So it's like these guys went to WWE, they literally did nothing, and then they just went back to Impact Wrestling. So good for them for finding a home. I would have liked to see EC3 maybe go to AEW and kind of prove that he could do it on a bit bigger of a stage, but. I mean, if if impact is where he wants to be, then then good for him, and maybe he'll he'll have another good run out of it. But uh, I don't know. So what, did you get somewhere where he'd be like utilized and over versus having to struggle to be used creatively on a show that has too had too many people. Right. Yeah, had too many people. AW now run. has that problem too, is because they keep signing people, so their roster is pretty beefy to where he'd probably just get lost in the fray after a couple weeks or they'd have him build up as a big badass and then have his manager throw in the towel during his title match. Right. <laughs> and that got explained so well on AEW, but we'll get to that. Right. But uh, did, did you have any other takes? Like like I said, too many containing destroyers, too many super kicks, a lot of leg slaps. Like it was just a style of wrestling that I know AEW kind of has a little bit of it, but they're kind of getting a little bit away from it now where impact. It just seems like it's still just complete indie wrestling just on television. In a, in a am, way. I, am I the only one that's shocked that impact wrestling is still going? That is yeah. the, the, the surprising yeah. part of yeah. this entire story is that we're talking, we're currently talking about impact wrestling 
which right. started off as WCW like light point five zero or something like that. Like it yeah. was, it was, it was I like was oh, we're gonna ride wow. those coattails, but not do as good. Um, and and then it's moved on to just being like a weird indie show that had other like more famous people on it, and now it's just like an indie promotion that actually has a TV deal, just not on basic cable. And, and, and the problem is too, that they have this guy moose who found a TNA championship in the trash. So he is the TNA world which champion, is, which is, it's a, like a, yeah, it's like a toy. It's like a replica. Okay. No, it was a title that, I, I enjoy that. That's funny. And he defended it against Tommy dreamer. So you have Tommy dreamer in 2020 in a title match. And then that's, they also have the Impact World Champion. So they technically have two world champions. So the Impact World Champion was um, uh, the Impact World Champion was basically, I think it was a fatal. Well, it was tested. It was supposed to be a fatal four way, but then a fatal five way to to go into that. Then you also had Ken Shamrock on the show, and Ken Shamrock, man, like I, good for Ken Shamrock, but man, he looks so freaking old. Like he looks great for a guy his age, but he doesn't look great in a wrestling ring for a guy his age. You mean like when he looked lost for five minutes during the match? Correct. And yes. just roamed he, around. He just kind of roamed around like he had no idea where he was or what he was supposed to be doing. Like he had gotten like hit I couldn't in the head, tell too many times. I, I couldn't tell if it was like booked that way or if he legitimately just forgot his spot and just roamed around until someone like redirected him. Right. Yeah, and it kind of, and and I will say like Sammy Callahan is a guy that stands out to me. Like that dude is a star. I know WWE kind of missed the boat on him. He was supposed to originally be the lead, like the lead guy for Sanity, but then he ended up just leaving WWE because he didn't feel like he was being used correctly. And, and since he's, he's the been one that had that, he's the one that had that feud I've talked about on here before. Him and Brian Cage. Yeah. Um. It was like a year, I mean, like, and you don't see that very often anymore, but it was like a year-long feud, and, like, Sammy Callahan just played, like, such a perfect, like, bastard heel. Like, I mean, he, I mean, they had, like, Brian Cage's, I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, like, Sammy Callahan, like, gave her a pile driver. Like, I mean, real, like, old-school heel shit. So, yeah, he's definitely, definitely, like, the star of that show. Right, he's yeah, the one that lost. He's the one that dropped the title to Tessa Blanchard too. Right, yeah. I mean, Sammy, Sammy Callahan. He he's a great promo. He's he has really good. I got nothing but good things to say about him. He was definitely the highlight of the show. Like, if you watch that show, there's one guy that stands out as a star, and it's him. Yeah, you got the you know Motor City Machine Guns who came back. You got Heath that showed up. You got. You know, you got Rhino who was on there. You got Tommy Dreamer and this guy. Well, I guess Moose is a guy that kind of stands out as a star too, just because he's a big motherfucker who can who can go. But Sammy Callahan, he's been, he's more been than with anything. him for years too. Yeah, he's been with. Him. So, a quick backstory on that whole TNA title Impact title thing. So, obviously, the TNA title that Moose has that when it was TNA Total Nonstop Action, that was the world title, and mm-hmm. that's when like Dixie Carter owned it. Right. So. When they joined forces with Global uh, Force Wrestling, which is what Jeff Jarrett had, they unified those titles. So Bobby Lashley and Alberto Del Rio unified those belts. And then it was just going to be called 
Global Force Wrestling. But then Global Force Wrestling, like, folded or whatever, and that's when they just started calling it Impact Wrestling. So okay. now it's just, like... So since, the, like, the TNA people, which is, like, Dixie Carter, like, Panda Energy or whatever, like, they don't own Impact anymore, like it does. So, like, that's why they really... Even though they're using the TNA bell, they must have got some kind of rights to it or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, that's why it kind of switched from being called uh, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling to like Impact Wrestling. Right. So that's why there's those two belts. Just in case. Oh, no. shit to know. <laughs> we appreciate our historian coming through with some history. That's great. Thank you, buddy. Even though he, he seems to, to you know come up a little short when we actually ask him a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, no, no, that was good. So, yeah, and and you know, I I kind of watched Slammiversary because you know I heard so many good things, and you know the Good Brothers were going to be on there, and I watched the whole countdown to Fucktown thing that they had, and uh, you know there wasn't really a whole lot out of that that we didn't already know. The only thing that I think really came out of that 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 was really interesting was the fact that Paul Heyman was the one who I guess put their names in Vince's head as uh, you know somebody to get rid of to save some money. And uh, I guess when AJ confronted Paul Heyman about that, Paul denied it. But then AJ went to Vince and Vince, you know, basically confirmed it. You know, Vince isn't going to lie to AJ. So basically, you know, AJ requested to be taken off of Raw and moved to SmackDown because he no longer could work for Paul Heyman because he was the one who got the Good Brothers fired and lied to him about it. So that's a little bit backstory of why all that happened. So that that's kind of interesting in retrospect. And then, you know, of course, a couple of months later, Paul Heyman's removed from his position as the head writer of Raw. So you almost wonder if some of that is all intertwined with, you know, Paul lying. Because, you know, obviously, like, Paul, Heim- Paul Heyman has all I almost called him Paul Hyman. Let's do that second can. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't need to say shit. Jason does it to himself. Yep. So Paul, so Paul, I call myself out. So Paul Heyman is his historically, you know, been been a liar. You know what I mean? When you look back at the history of him and ECW and things like that, so I, I definitely feel like the story has some legitimacy legitimacy to it. You know, but uh, but yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to I was, see the Good Brothers. I wanted to kind of like Impact. I wanted to see if it would like get me into watching Impact. But after seeing that show, it had it gave me no more interest in watching Impact going forward than I had before I watched it. What were you gonna say, Kev? Sorry, I might interrupt you there. I was gonna say I would say anybody that's been a prior promoter in the wrestling business is a qualified liar. So. Yeah, I, I think to a point, but I don't know if anybody's quite taken to the lengths of Paul Heyman. Uh, eh. Pretty sure I'm. I'm sure Vince and Eric Bischoff have had their many fair shares of lies. So yeah, maybe, but they. I don't know. They, they've never had the reputation for not paying people like Paul, though. <laughs> this but, is true. I'll, I'll give you, you know, that. But just, I, just I, I do like feel like whole, whole Vince is guaranteed. Vince has that. lied to somebody in his time. There's no way that he's oh, more than strictly somebody's probably. I mean, and if not I, if just I had, the police during murder investigations, if I had to pick who to believe in this situation, though, I would pick Vince. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I feel like, 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 like AJ felt the same way. <laughs> like I, I feel like. 
as much as Vince wouldn't want to take the fall for it, I feel like Vince is also like that old man who wouldn't see like why AJ would be upset about it to where he'd just take claim if it was his idea. Um, he'd be like, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't I? We weren't using them and, and they were literally just there to be your lackeys and we were paying them millions of dollars. Why the fuck would I keep them? <laughs> right. Like. All right. So the night after Slammiversary, we got interesting pay-per-view from WWE. It was horror show at Extreme Rules. So the Extreme Rules horror show, right? So it was horse show. It was built <laughs> based off of the swamp match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman and the eye for an eye match between Seth and Ray. So my take on the pay-per-view, I thought the matches were really solid. Like the work rate in the matches I thought was great. I thought Sasha and Asuka had an amazing match. Yeah, the finish was weird, but it was an amazing match. Up until the whole eye thing, I thought Ray and Seth had an amazing match. Oh I God, thought that match Dr- was incredible. Like Ray thought, like took Seth up to another level. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I thought I thought um Dolph and Drew had an amazing match. Like there were some really good matches on the show, but the finishes were lackluster, right? We we expected what did we talk about? The CGI uh you know, somebody ripping out somebody's eye and we don't really get that. We just get him pushing him on the steps and then holding his face and then Seth throwing up in the corner. No, yeah, I, well, I let's, mean... so let's take a minute to unpack this. Um, <laughs> so, so first off, let's, let's get the logistics of I'm going to push your face into a corner and then your eyes going to pop out. Like I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but I, I, I I'm not seeing how pushing equals popping out. Like, no, and it wasn't like he was like grinding it sideways. It was just full force forward. No, and if your eye does pop out, it's not shaped like a ping pong ball. (laughs) You don't know that he's a luchador. They have different eyeballs. Um, More importantly, though, let's also unpack the fact that he didn't even take out Mysterio's good eye. Yeah, he took the bad one. Which I think that yeah. was the story is that it came out easily because that eye was already, right? I think that was supposed to be. Oh, I think that was supposed to be the like, idea. Are you listening to what we're amazing. talking about? I mean, that it was fucking terrible. <laughs> that was so fucking bad. Like the best. Yes, I, I I agree with you, Jason. Like so the work rate and and most of the matches were good and everything, but a lot of the finishes and everything were just. Like the finish of the eye for the eye match, if you didn't think it'd get any worse, the finish of the Oscar Bailey match, I'm sorry, that was it was Oscar, not. Sasha. It could have been it it, it it like diminished the match in a way. It was a good match, and then that fucking happens. It's like no, yeah, I, I'm okay with the finish of that match for one reason. I don't think it was time to take the title off of Oscar. But I like the idea of Sasha having her two belts for at least one week before they resolve. So I kind of like do that, and then like MVP just awards himself the U.S. title, <laughs> but like nobody, but nobody comes out and fucking says anything about that on Raw or anything. Like, no, they did. They well, did on Raw. They, they don't want to address, address it because it Apollo, Apollo has uh, has the COVID, so they didn't want to address him at all because then they'd have to recognize COVID as a thing. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought he had a neck injury. Does he actually have COVID for well, that, he, he's, he's been, that, it's been confirmed that he has, uh, uh he gotcha. has the COVID. Oh, uh, poor yeah. Apollo. 
But yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they did they did address it. They did address it on Raw because you know you had Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and then the returning Mustafa Ali. Which did you guys see that spot where? So Lashley is outside the ring, and he we're getting like kind of away from Extreme Rules for a second. But this happened on Raw. So Lashley is outside the ring. He has Ricochet with one hand, like choking his neck, right? Like guzzled with one one hand. And then Cedric dove out of the ring and Lashley caught him with the other hand. So he's got, he's holding Cedric's neck in one hand, Ricochet's neck in the other hand. Then Ali comes diving through the ropes and just drills Bobby Lashley and knocks him over the announce table, like out of nowhere. That shit was crazy. That was an awesome yeah, spot. That was, that was a good spot. <laughs> That so you're cool. saying he gave him the old, he gave him the old uh, flying uh, cockzilla? Yeah. <laughs> and that, friends, is what we call a throwback. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last last week's show. I, I just um, want to point out that Jason apparently forgot our plan, which was to announce you as Cuckzilla this week, but he was too concerned with children's baseball and mocking you to remember. Yeah, that's what he gets. I wasn't going to do Yeah, we had that, this whole thing so. where he was going to be like, and uh, half of the less sexy co-hosts, Cuckzilla himself. And, and Mike, our kids play it, softball, not baseball. Okay, get it right, because my 12-year-old it, daughter will hit you with a bat if you say baseball instead of softball. I'm just warning you. Why? Like, well, it's, she takes uh, it offensive. The difference is one. Uh, she takes it offensive that, she, that someone calls it. A better yes. version, but but yes. more you know more Morgan's dad calls it baseball. Really, he calls everything baseball. Yeah, yeah. I I made that mistake a couple of times and I've I've gotten hit. So not 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 gonna lie, she gets mad. No, you, anyway, that, nah, I take you, that bat and be like, you want to fucking play? Let's play. Anyway, okay. So yeah, I think we're all kind of in green since extreme rules, right? So we had that. Uh, what about the swamp match? I, for me, it was what it was. I wasn't expecting anything more we got it basically led exactly what i thought it would to the fiend and braun Strowman, right um i thought it was interesting when braun attacked himself and that was ray cool. was cheering him on which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> yeah. but um but what's the but thing yeah. with fucking alexa bliss well, she was so i'm guessing sister abigail just manifests as whatever your desire is so she was like you wanted to bone me braun come bone <laughs> me and that was supposed to be what that was about. Yeah, if you remember the mixed match, mi- mixed match challenge that they had a couple of years ago, when you got Team Little Big, which was Braun and Alexa, they kind of teased a little bit. Will they? Won't they? A little bit throughout the storyline of that whole thing that they had going on. So it, it was, it was a toss back to that, which you know that's that's totally fine. Whatever you know, and and they've been friends, and they did the the table for three with. Um, those two and ember moon at applebee's and they kind of talked about it a little bit then and they've always they've always kind of teased that even though it's it's you know obviously it's it's just a, a television storyline so it made yeah, sense to I, me. I do think like, it's I, funny I, I though that they that. put them them in a a uh, table for three segment and they're the one episode where they don't get to be at a fancy restaurant instead they no, get applebee's. fucking applebee's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's and it's totally like just an Applebee's commercial the entire like it's sponsored yeah. by Applebee's they they are like, so like you, you have to have the specific burger you have to yes. have the specific appetizer like it was very I used, much I used like, say, I used to always say it to my wife I, I would do the reference to Talladega Nights and she'd like so where do you want to eat tonight and I'd be like 
We say we get thrown out of an Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part was is that Broad not only finished his entire burger and fries, he ate Alexa's leftovers and Ember Moon's leftovers. So he legitimately ate three meals at that table. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like a, he asked nicely. It was kind of like, you going to finish that? And then <laughs> yeah. it was like... <laughs> Well, I guess I don't get to take this home. How are you even going like, to say they're, no they're... when he intimidatingly I mean, asked that? Are you going to finish so, that? So, so, you're, so you're saying he ate them out of their food? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Anyway. Oh, all right. So moving on. God. So, yeah, that, that, that was basically basically stream rules in a, in a, in a nutshell. Um, you know, the follow-up shows I thought were were pretty decent. I actually kind of liked Raw. Uh, again, I thought Kyrie Sane and Bailey had a really good match. Uh, and and good. of course, we finally got the payoff to Orton and Big Show, which I thought was a good match, a good story build all the way throughout. You know, you had a little bit more with MVP. Man, you know, somebody tweeted this out, and I, and I apologize if this person listens to the show because it's somebody that that we follow on Twitter. Us, but you know, said something about MVP like basically being the MVP of raw lately. And it, it seems like he has been man. all his segments. He's usually on almost two or three segments on raw and they're almost always good. And I really liked the entire thing with um, him and Ron Simmons kind of at the beginning, because they almost kind of teased a little bit of the, are they kind of going to start building a new nation of domination? And I, I kind of well, like that they're it, going it, to it, that. That's, that's the rumor that, they are going to. Yeah. yeah. So whether, I don't know if Ron Simmons would be involved or not, but like, I, I mean, I've re- heard them, they were going to be called NOD or something like that, or like Nation 2.0 or something like that. Yeah. So, and, and honestly, I'm cool with the Hurt business. I like that. You know, they, they included Shelton Measurement, you know, calling themselves the Hurt business. I, I don't mind that name. You know, if they want to take on the nation and domination moniker, I'm okay with that too. But even if they don't, I'm okay with the hurt business. And you keep adding people to the hurt business. Why not? Why not? Right? You got the CEO. Uh, you got the the enforcer, Bobby Lashley, and then I don't know what role Shelton Benjamin plays. Uh, I think um, the twenty four seven champion role. That's what yeah. he plays. Yeah. Well, so and somebody put a uh, stat out that that was like Shelton Benjamin's first win on Raw since like. 2003 or some shit like that like it was a crazy stat about how many matches like how many things have happened since he since he last run what since he last since he won last won since won since <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so how many things have happened since he had last won a match on monday night raw and, and you know Shelton, he was on smackdown for a while too so i i mean but um but yeah i mean I like it. I like the Hurt Business thing. I like MVP. I love what he's doing. It's made Raw really enjoyable outside of Randy Orton. And and that's and I thought that match for being the big show with how limited he is, I thought that match told a great story and it was a lot of fun to watch. Do you guys see who's it? Dave Meltzer tweeted out that that match was actually the lowest ranked Raw like segment in like three years or something like that which is hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Oh, and that's basically it. because of the rock who's, Oh, this guy sucks. I'm going to take a piss <laughs> like 
20 years ago. Like people I feel has a, have this like negative kind of like this negative opinion of the big show. The guy is still an attraction. He can still go. And if you put him in there with the right person, AKA Randy Orton, he can still have a compelling match. And he did like, that was one of big shows, probably best matches in his, his probably last 10 years. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty good. Um, very confused by the whole aspect of it being a non-sanctioned match. Like I, I didn't watch enough of raw to figure out what the explanation of why that was a thing. It was, it, it was basically a challenge that earlier in the night, they kind of build it up over the course of the evening. So that that's, kind of where that came from so randy was just like i want an unsanctioned match or they explained like oh big show's not fit to be in the ring or because no, unsanctioned had... means like you aren't allowed to wrestle so we're le- we're gonna let you do it but you can't sue us it had not to just do... oh had i to... want a no dq match yeah it had to do with the whole christian angle because they, they played up that all night and he basically said that he was going to end big show's career so he wanted the match to be un- unsanctioned because basically he he said he was going to punt him in the head, which he ended up doing. Yeah. But it was after the match was already over, so I guess it didn't really fucking matter. It didn't matter if anyway, it was sanctioned yeah. or not, right? <laughs> but you know, but it still basically led to a no DQ match, and Big Show put himself through a table, and there was a bunch of other stuff that happened that was cool. But but overall, you know, it, it just kind of was what it was. But it was it was a good match, and and the story has been really good. And I'm just wondering what's going to be next for Andy Orton now. Now that he's, you know, conquered the big show, you know, obviously Edge is a while back from coming back. You know, Christian's not going to wrestle him. So what's going to happen now for Randy Orton, right? I, I, I'm Rick Flair. What the next once he's done is. having COVID, yeah. Well, Rick Flair was there with him on Monday, which is ridiculous because his wife has fucking COVID. Yeah, well, he's still there. Maybe he hasn't been around his wife in the last two weeks. Well, and, actually- and he got criticized because he was out there handing cash to people while his, he wife, was had, in his wife had COVID. Fucking car without a mask, and he was handing cash to people. But you're in your car. Do you not understand you how this virus works, Jason? Effect with the fucking. Uh, it's not like he has to lick your fucking face, Jason. It's <laughs> airborne. You cough or sneeze, and it shoots out like the fucking green mist. But he didn't cough or sneeze. Jesus. He was in his car. He was just handing money. We don't know that. That's a still picture. And he still could have. All right. Regardless, I'm not going to argue that shit. But anyway, Ohio's mandated masks anyway. So we're all wearing masks everywhere we go. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Yeah, at this point. we all. I went to Circle K after work and fucking three people didn't have masks. I'm like, yeah, you fucking hilljack motherfucking rednecks. Put on a goddamn mask five fucking seconds while you buy your fucking... <laughs> 44 ounce polar pop and your fucking Funyuns and your and your scratchers your scratchers and your fucking Newports dumb fucks god I love how Kevin just I got mean, a promo five, on Circle K five, patrons oh my god well especially no Circle K is Circle K on the corner of uh, oh, he's gonna call it out <laughs> oh yeah, on the, corner, on the corner of Talmadge and uh, fucking Newberry and Cuyahoga Falls, got the fucking scummiest fucking people you ever seen in your fucking life. Cuyahoga oh, Falls is in Ohio for those of you who are. And you can show. narrow down uh, where Kevin lives within like a five mile radius. Right there, you go. He's moving soon. No, he, I live. I, I, he got I live it. He way got further away than that. He got it. No, he got his, Fucking Cuyahoga Falls. Except house. my buddy Pat. 
who listens to this show. So nobody's gonna fucking. <laughs> He's be like, I go, I go to that 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 Circle K. Why are you insulting me? Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh shit! I love it. All right. No, Pat. Pat, Pat lives on the other side of town, so a <laughs> good Circle K where they they actually clean the bathrooms. Yeah, they're like, who? <laughs> they have caviar. Shout out to anybody who shops at Circle K. We love you. Hat. <laughs> They've we love got sixty nine cents caviar show. and <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not a knock on Circle K and all Circle K customers. Just the ones that go to the fucking. Newberry and Talmadge in Cuyahoga Falls. There you go. All right. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, hey, it's five o'clock on a Friday. You know, gotta wear my best pajamas to fucking Circle K. <laughs> my God. I mean, oh, it's better than yep. the pea stained oh. ones. Hey, where are you going? Oh, Circle K. I don't need no fucking bra. <laughs> cool. All right. All right, moving on. Yeah, so Raw. Hear your opinion on Walmart next. Yeah, right. Our, our, any... our, no, our, no. Our point is, if you got to go in somewhere five minutes, just put on a fucking mask. All right, we don't. Yeah, don't, Jason. We all don't fucking like doing it, but it is. I have it. been wearing masks everywhere I go. Thank you. But you're defending a sixty-year-old man who's out there giving people COVID. <laughs> yeah. Woo. It, okay, I do not wear one in my car. <laughs> I will exactly. tell you, in yeah. my car, I do not wear a mask because I'm in my car. I'm not wearing. I don't while I'm driving, but when I, I pull up either. to the window to fucking pay, I put my mask on. Yeah, I don't do that either. Oh, you're a piece of shit. Dude, I'm in my fucking car. If I'm gonna sneeze, I'll turn and sneeze on the other sneeze out the out the window into the person drive through. Dick, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like turn the oh shoot and like like spit all over the person. I'm gonna turn and spit the other way and get my windshield all sneezy. I'm not gonna do it to the person there. I just threw my pen, but I'm not gonna do it to the person. <laughs> I hope you lost it. Just you lost that ni- toy knife. Yeah, that's in my hand. We're good. All right. Anyway, let's move on. That's from your this. hand. I don't know how we ended up talking about Rick Flair and COVID. <laughs> Was there anything else stuck out to either of you before we move on to AEW? Or actually, you know, I'm gonna move on to SmackDown because it's a follow up from from Extreme Rules. But anyway, wait, did any of I actually SmackDown? watched SmackDown, so I'm just gonna tell you guys what opinion. Okay, because I was like, I didn't because yeah. it didn't get posted online or anything. So that website that I shared with you, it has a live stream. Yeah, by the way, anyway. I'm aware, but it's a pain <sighs> in the ass. And I don't like it. All right. So uh, so anyway. Um, you know, we didn't really talk about SmackDown from the week before. The only thing really notable was that AJ had an awesome match with um, with um, Bro, what's his name, Matt Riddle, and then they shook hands afterwards. Which then King Corbin came out and hit Baron, um, Matt Riddle, and that kind of led to the match that he had on SmackDown. Or well, not actually, no, he didn't have a match with Baron Corbin. He had a match with somebody else, but. Uh, that that storyline is starting to build, basically. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting that AJ shook his hand at the end of the match because, you know, is is AJ a heel or a face? Like I almost don't don't know at this point. Like it seems like he's he's talking like a heel, but then he also does some face things as well. So it's kind of like AJ is like in limbo. You know I mean, I when you think about it, Undertaker. Uh, when when Undertaker was like the American badass and he was kind of heel ish and he was just like beating the show people and like didn't he did the thing with like the chair on their throat and stuff. He shook, you know, Jeff Hardy's hand after their match. So, I mean, it's not yeah. unheard of. No, I got you. You're right. Um, 
I, just, uh, I, just, I, I came up with a new gimmick for Corbin, though. Instead of King Corbin, he can be Cuck Corbin. <laughs> yes. The Cuck Corbin. All right, so a couple Cuck things. That's, that, that's what my, I was going to say my, my new alter name instead of the historian was going to be the Demo Cuck. <laughs> all right so a, a couple things from smackdown so basically you know bray wyatt had a firefly funhouse we know and that's a fiend is coming for braun Strowman. so the fiend is going to be coming after braun Strowman and the universal title which i fully believe that the fiend will end up finally winning the match am i wrong there i mean i have to assume that's where it's going but okay I so we got that I, I agree so then the other thing that happened on smackdown and and I do encourage you guys to watch this because it was actually pretty good. The the finally the however long payoff between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus in the bar fight was actually a fun match to watch, right? I'm actually glad they pulled this off Extreme Rules. I'm glad they put it on SmackDown because we didn't need two cinematic style matches really on um on Extreme Rules. You you we already had the Swamp match, so I'm glad that the bar fight got moved to SmackDown. I thought it was actually kind of fun. Some of the things they did were kind of cool. It, it was it was worth the watch, and there's a little bit of a kind of like, a, you know, Jeff sits down with Sheamus at the bar before they start fighting and kind of talk, and he kind of cuts a little bit of a promo, and he, he says something like, you know, my brother had to delete his WWE career. I have to re like reboot my wwe career basically and then that's kind of the the antithesis of what started the fight like he poured a beer he spilled it on sheamus and then they they went after it but they did some kind of cool things there's a lot of good back and forth it it was was entertaining it was fun to watch so i encourage you guys to go go through and watch it since you have it so you can't so you can't say horror but you can say antithesis without struggling I'm like four beers in at the moment, so I, I'm surprised. I- oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, all right, so let's move on to AEW. AEW this week was a pretty decent show. Uh, I, I think the big standout and the thing that got the internet a buzz was the, the TNT title match that opened up the show between Cody Rhodes and the the opponent that they teased all week was a man named Eddie Kingston. Now, I remember Eddie Kingston. I know I've seen him a little bit through the indies. He's been a part of Impact. I think he was a part of LAX. He even uh, managed um, uh, the you know Ortiz and uh, Santana for a little while as a, as a part of that. I remember seeing him. Um, a couple things about that match just stood out to me. One, Eddie Kingston was ridiculously out of shape. It seemed like he kind of got winded. Uh, and he he kind of at sometimes missed his spots. Like he seemed really rusty. Like you could tell the guy has not been in the ring for a little while. And they they made a point to talk about well he had to sell his boots to pay his mortgage and shit like that. Like which is you know it is what it is. He's an indie wrestler and you know he he's he was struggling to make some ends meet. Good for him. The one thing I will say about Eddie Kingston is that he is a tough son of a bitch. If he did not legitimately seriously injure his knee during the match, he did the best job of selling a knee injury that I have ever seen. Oh in yeah, yeah, that's what I I agree. I I know um, noticed that too. I mean he he went back to it after everything he did. So if he was selling that, my hat off to Eddie Kingston. A fantastic story through that match. And he didn't do anything without selling the knee. And if it turns out that that knee injury is legitimate, 
then my hat's off to Eddie Kingston because he wrestled that match after he tore an ACL because he fucking looked like he was in pain the entire time, but he did not, it didn't stop him from doing anything. And that match went on for like probably a good 10 minutes after that happened. crickets crickets mike did you see it at all i mean you know i I, I didn't i didn't watch the match at all so <laughs> okay. i am kind of just uh, a the spectator thumb, at this the, point the thumbtack spot which i know we've seen a thousand times I, I, mean, I, I did see a picture of that and i'm like did they really need to use thumbtacks on uh on wednesday night dynamite <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's kind of how dynamite is sort of he's a, I tell you know, kind of big spot I, especially I, cody i don't i don't know a lot about him honestly but he he's a Pretty damn good promo, actually. Oh, yeah, his promo was great. His promo leading up to that match was fucking amazing. I mean, probably just that promo alone puts him probably in the top five promos in AEW right now. And, you know, that was his first time being on there. And, you know, he he, he did a great job with that. Then the bell rang, and he seemed a little off, and then, then he tweaked his knee, and he was really off. So then, I you know, it, it kind of made me that knee injury was legitimate or not, but you know, overall I thought that, you know, the match turned out to be okay, despite the fact that it seemed like he was limited and, you know, I, I, they talked about how much weight he had lost, but dude, he looked like he was in some bad, like he looked like he was in some bad shape. I mean, his gut was hanging out over his pants and so he, he, he you know who he honestly I mean, have you not seen of? Austin Powers where like fat bastard lost all that weight and his neck looked like a vagina? It's called extra thin, Jason. I know, yeah. right. But, but you know, so insensitive to though, fat people. The way he was moving and the way that he was like wrestling and stuff like that, he reminded me a little with his look and the way he was moving. But again, part of the way he was moving broke up. Oh, I said he kind of reminded me of Sandman. And again, part Uh, of the way he was. I still picture him. I instantly thought Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, him his slow mobility could have been a legitimate knee injury. So I don't want to take anything away from him. You know, I thought it was overall, it was a good match. Like, it was a, I, well, it wasn't a good match, but it was it had some good just, spots to it. I don't okay. know. I mean, I just, I just think that the time is now for to take the title off Cody, and like, honestly, like I would love for them to put it on MJF because yeah. he would be such a good, like, yeah, I know he, you know, he keeps talking about how he's undefeated and everything, but like. I, I'm sorry, like, because people like on Twitter would say like, "Oh, he should be like, oh, he might be next world champion." Like, that would be the wrong thing for me. Put him as world champion. Like, give him the TNT title. Be that chicken shit heel that he is. You know, what I mean, like, have time limits. You know, what I mean, like, have a 15 minute go go to time limit draws all the time and looks like mm-hmm. he's gonna lose his escape of the title. So that's why I, I mean. If, if it was me, me as a fan, that's what I would like to see. I think that's a cool idea, but I think what would might be a little bit better is they're probably going to sign at least one or two people from Black Wednesday, and I think it'd be better to have them show up and be the person to dethrone Cody to kind of strap the rocket to them instantly in the the viewer's eyes. I mean, who else going to yeah. sign other than Cordona? Everyone else showed up back. Not everyone. There was there was like twenty something people who got fired from WWE, like, and only you, ten showed up on Impact. And you and speaking of people who got fired, you, I seen Rusev. Not to go off talk. Oh yeah, Rusev. I is mean, the one Ru- Rusev has COVID. Well, I know, but like he looks like a fucking 
phenomenal fucking shape. Like he's yeah, fucking somebody made a comment like about down. it too. Like he's trimmed down a lot. Oh, there were there was also yeah. someone tweeted. I can't remember. I think it was one of the Thrall or SmackDown superstars. Like tweeted that they miss Rusev. I can't remember who it was. I mean, I miss Rusev. I'm not gonna lie. I, I do too. I, I but yeah, I mean, assuming that he, him and Lana that, are but... done having COVID, he could potentially be the one to show up at AEW, or like you said, Cardona, like. Him and Cody are real good friends, so there's a good chance that Cody puts the the strap on him to start it off. Yeah, I think everybody just assumed that Cordona would end up in the same place as Brian. That might not necessarily be true, you know. It, he very well <laughs> at could first end people up. did, but at the when they like within the first week or so, like he confirmed that the Major Brothers, while they still have their podcast and do everything together, they are not like sticking together through thick and thin for wrestling wise. Like yeah. they may end up in different places, and I think that's because. I, despite the fact that he keeps denying it, I think he's had talks with Cody since the day he was fired and knew where he was going to land after the 90 days. Yeah. Now, does Cardona, if he shows up, does he, is he a heel? Would you guys like to see that? Oh. I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I think... It'd be interesting, because I've, ne- I've never... I've never seen or thought of him as, a, as like how he'd be as a heel. Um, like Brian Myers, like listen to their podcast. I can believe Brian Myers would be a heel like every mm-hmm. every day of the week. Like he right. he has just those those natural tendencies where you're like he, he could be a dick. Where I feel like if if they make Cardona a heel, he might be that like broish like douchebag heel. Yeah, bro. <laughs> um. Oh my god! But I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see either way. I'm I'm down for it because I I I love the major wrestling figure podcast. I mean, I I bought their fucking exclusive little shirts and belts that they made for the figures. So <laughs> like, I'm I'm all sorts of. Are you getting the edge? Head, like, are I, you getting the edgehead figures? Oh, I've got I've got I've got four of them on the way. Uh, I've oh, got so one open put- to have. Smart man, yes. Uh, I've got one that I'm going to leave in package. I've got two that I'm actually going to open, swap the heads to either uh, Zach or um, Kurt, then repackage and send them to each sign. And then I'll have one uh, edge that I open just to have. Wow. Well, cool. I bet you're super excited to get those two. Oh, I, I am like they they recently got them. Uh, they got the the test, like the factory test ones in the in the mail from ringside and they were showing them off and oh, they look so good. I can't wait. And, and, and for our listening audience, I'm, I'm quick. Fuck you to Mike for getting me into collecting wrestling figures, because now I, I I'm seeing all these different things pop up and I'm like, fuck, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want, ah, damn it. <laughs> I, I just want to point out that I was night like for those of us for those of you who listen who don't know and you live on a rock this week is San Diego Comic Con even though the Comic Con was canceled it's Comic Con at home and Mattel has been releasing new stuff every day and I have actively only sent Jason like two or three things instead of sending him <laughs> everything just so I can't get blamed when he has to have 40 packages delivered to his work 
But then, but then, how many oh things my, have I sent you that I've seen? Oh yeah, you've said you've said you keep sending me them, and then you tag me to post on Facebook with like half the the things that they've revealed. I'm like, oh man, I'm just gonna link at you the 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 Mattel episode of Modern Toy Fair News. Uh, I need to see that week. really, honestly. And, and and they and they popped up with you know Kevin, you'll you'll appreciate this, right? So you know they they release a line and they got Ted DiBiase with the million dollar title. They got fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake in two different outfits. They got Hollywood Hulk Hogan as the mint edition with you know the feather boas and the NWO title and all this shit. I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. God, so I, fucking damn it! <laughs> I, I I love that the, the Ted DiBiase one is the original like silver tuxedo he wore with like the pink first came to the federation yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have both. Yeah, so the, is that is that going to be the chase? Do you think Mike would be the silver with the pink, or do you think? Yeah. The, uh, so the, the silver gold? of the pink is. I'm pretty sure the silver of the pink is the chase for that. And I'd have to look, but I think because there's the two different colors for Brutus are two different uh, ones of chase. Yeah, as well. there's going to be one that be a chase um, for that too. And and Kevin, just so you know, the chase figure is one that is like more right so they send boxes out of all these figures and you know they'll have like maybe two ted dibiase's in there but then like every like 100 packages might contain him in that silver and pink suit which is the chase figure that's like the one that's like mm -hmm. if you happen to get that that's like kind of like a rare or an oddity that that comes uh, out nice yeah the uh, blue brutus is the chase okay the yellow okay. one is the normal one and brutus i'm, I'm back and forth I love kid, but as I got older, ride along, like basically, like you're, you're breaking up a lot, Hogan. just so you know. Oh. I, I love Brutus as a kid, but then as I got older, I kind of realized that Hulk Hogan's lackey, basically. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, eh, I don't know if I love his, his much. His his a uh, weed carrier. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's his drug mule. Yeah, that that's a shout out to our great personal amazing friend of the show conrad Thompson. make sure you listen to all his <laughs> podcasts he is even though he man. might be mad at us because we uh, did the the 37 yeah. weeks of cody no we did. 17 weeks but Jason well did. i did but it i mean was it was also, my idea it was literally Mike's like 20 idea. minutes before the show i was like you should do this Con conrad i had nothing to do with it <laughs> don't let him we don't you. want we don't want to piss um, off the the pod father, okay? We we want yeah. to keep him um, on our good side. Best so Jason, our, our Jason, gimmick minute best see, friend. Did you see the uh, the little like ring cart that comes with uh, Macho Man and Andre? Oh, it comes with Macho Man. I didn't see the Andre figure. Yeah, there's an Andre Elite that's oh, coming with oh. it. It's gonna have an Elite of Macho Man in the pink and yellow, an Elite of Andre the Giant, and then it comes with the little like part that they bring him down to the ring in because they didn't want From to WrestleMania three. before they wrestled. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I did notice that. I didn't know it came with Andre Macho Man. But that's did you cool see the, the special edition um, super hard to find collector's edition uh, Undertaker that's coming out? No. Uh, well, let me send you that real quick because Holy you're going to be very upset because so you know how like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were the, the exclusive like hard to find ones for like a couple sets ago. Yeah. Well, they're doing that, but with Undertaker and instead of having the normal packaging like the rest of the wave, he gets his own fancy packaging. Oh, of course. Um, it's the Undertaker. And it's like purple hey, you, you guys and, do know we are recording, right? 
Yeah, but you know what? This is wrestling related, so if you don't like it, kindly fuck off. Uh, Some of our listeners may enjoy figure talk, okay? We should have like a figure talk segment. (laughs) I mean, or we could just, you know, direct them to Modern Toy Fair news every Friday or Modern Toy Fair reviews every Monday. That's pretty. See, I like the, the, the Undertaker Decade of Dominance I didn't I didn't pre-order that one in time, so it was kind of like as soon as I went on Walmart, it was already so unfortunately. Oh dude, that, don't even get me started with these fucking retailers, man. So the the new Legends line that's coming out, wave two went up for pre-order at fucking eight AM Eastern Standard Time, so five AM my time. And all I wanted was the 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 last speech Ultimate Warrior, because it's him in the suit, he's got the trench coat that he stole from a fan, he's got right. the little like mask like from his gimmick table and the microphone and i'm like i want that and it went up for pre-order and sold out before i even fucking woke up that sucks yeah i didn't know you saw the transcript from a fan did you know that kevin well he didn't he didn't steal it but like as he's coming down like the fan was holding and he took it from him and and put it on while he did the promo oh that, that was the mask not the trench coat no it was the trench coat no, he took the mask from a fan. The trench coat he had on when he no, he... no, he didn't. Uh, fucking YouTube. Oh, about that. Warrior. Kevin, do you remember that? Didn't, didn't Warrior have the trench coat on to steal that from somebody? Did he? Honest. See, our our historian fucking fails when it comes to to when to ask oh, him the question. To know. Fucking every little fucking detail, every goddamn show. You do shit about impact wrestlers, but not about the goddamn last speech of Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Alright, so while while Mike's trying to fact check that, let's 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 move on with right. So uh, a couple of key things that came out of that show. One, we got a continuation of the Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho um uh rivalry. I love that Chris was still wearing the jacket and complaining about it being orange. Like that shit made me <laughs> made me laugh, and I yes. like how I like how he said something about it smelling, and then Santana was like, "Yeah, dude, that smells." And he's like, "What? Do you want me to lie to him?" <laughs> like that was kind of funny too. Oh, <laughs> uh, suck it, son. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it just shows a picture of him kind of walking. Suit jacket, not a trench oh, coat. I'm, so. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm wa- still watching the video. I'm gonna get the part where he takes it from the fan, but that was him at the top of the stage as he all comes right, out of his, right. en- his entrance. Hey, I stand corrected. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't remember him taking a trench coat off of somebody and put. All right. So, regardless of fact, uh, the other cool thing that came out was the fact that the sex god Sammy Guevara did come back and he made his return. I, the only thing about that whole segment that kind of messed me up was the commentary because they're talking about him being dressed up as somebody. And apparently this guy is wrestled on dark. So that's why it made sense. But they're like, oh, he's this guy. This guy's apparently joined the inner circle. And I can't remember what they called him. And I'm just like, who is this guy? And then it turned out to be Sammy Guevara. So is the, the person he was dressed up as actually a legit wrestler? Or has Sammy Guevara, while he was supposed to be suspended, actually been wrestling on dark this entire time? I'm That's my question. Guess the, the, the second part of that question. I'm going to assume that he's been wrestling on dark this entire time. And AEW pulled the fucking wool over your eyes, pretending they give a shit. 
that people were like, oh, Sammy Guevara is a, a douchebag for saying he wanted to rape Sasha Banks. So take that AEW marks. Your company isn't as gr- that great after all, all high and mighty, just as douchey as Vince McMahon. So unless unless next week on Dynamite, Sammy Guevara dressed up as that, that that's going to be what I assume actually happened. Kevin, you got to yeah, take that, on that at all? I, I know you love Sammy Guevara, so. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I never really pay attention to that, like, other wrestler. So, I I guess I would have to go back and watch. Well, I didn't know who he was either. Like, That's why. It, it just happened to be the pointing it out, like, oh, he's, because when he got in the ring, he's, they were just, like, they were, they were commenting on this guy. And it almost sounded like the same name that, that WWE used for that um that Escobar guy who is now the cruiserweight champion, like El Phantasma or something like that. Like they were calling him something kind of like weird. Septico. Septico. Oh, maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. So they were calling him by a different name, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm just wondering if that's an actual wrestler that wrestles on AEW Dark or it was Sammy the entire time. But you know, and we'll we'll see, I guess. Time will tell. But yeah, I mean that was the only thing that came out. Uh, was there anything else that on AEW that stood out to you guys? Like, I know AEW won pretty handily in the ratings war NXT, but honestly, I thought NXT was a little bit better of a show personally. But I, I don't know. Did you guys I thought they were both dog shit, but that's just me. Okay. Ugh. Was there anything else on AEW that stood out to you at all, Kev? Um, no. I mean, overall, I didn't think actually it was a bad show. The one match, the two wrestlers, I have no idea who they were. Um wasn't the best of matches and probably because nobody knew who the fuck they were. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I true. can't even name their names. And are, are you talking about the women's match well. that happened? Maybe. Um, <laughs> you don't remember if it was know. a male or female my, in the match. I don't fucking, my mind is fucking 18 fucking places right now. So, all right. So and you're preparing yourself. Let, let, let's go. Let's go ahead and switch over to NXT. So NXT, I thought was an okay, show. and, and kind of like what what Mike said, they were both not great shows. I don't think, but but a little subtle thing I kind of caught on NXT. I think NXT is subtly taking shots at AW without us really even picking up on it. Okay, so first they have this tag team called Ever Rise, and I know I have been critical of the private party tag team calling them the Bootleg Street Profits, but Ever Rise is definitely a bootleg Young Bucks. They dress like the Young Bucks. Their music sounds like the Young Bucks. And the one guy even looks like he could be a, a brother of Matt and Nick. Like he is like he got the long hair and everything. The one guy had shorter hair. They totally look like the Young Bucks. So Ever Rise is definitely the bootleg Young Bucks. The other thing that I noticed was so we, we made a, a point about talking about how everybody on AEW that has a manager also has a world. uh, like a championship right so if you have a manager you have a championship well robert stone i think is the anti-aew right everything he touches turns to shit he doesn't manage anybody that's anywhere close to having a championship so in my opinion they're kind of taking a a slight shot at AEW by having their one guy that's a manager on the show who can't seem to manage his way out of a plastic bag uh, more like a paper that. bag because he's an alcoholic. Let's get it right. Oh, um, my fault. Good point. 
so I do want to take a second to, to to continue my fact check. I was half right, half wrong. He did <laughs> okay. not wear it to the ring. However, I couldn't find any video of like from WWE of him taking it from the fan. But there's a fan video where he's like he picks it up off the ground randomly. So I don't know if it was there for him or if like a fan threw it at him or what. But okay, I, I think it was there. I think it was there the for him because I feel like it was like by the steps, like leading up to the entrance, like leading <laughs> up to the ring. But I don't know. I but you'd wrong. never know by actually watching the footage from Raw because it literally he gets to the end of the ramp and it cuts to Michael Cole for fucking three minutes and then he's in the ring and it's like it's why the hell am I watching Michael Cole? It's because he's putting on the jacket. So they probably had it at the steps. He put it on, and then they cut the Michael Cole while he put it on, and then when he got in the ring, he had it on. That's my guess. At that point, they should have just had him fucking wear it down the ring. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right. But so yeah, so I just I to wanted to, to, you know, make it fair. Um, but yes, and, NXT. So any I, thoughts at them taking little shots at uh, AEW? Or do you think it's just a coincidence? I can see it. It's, it's believable. Triple H is petty. He don't give a fuck. Um, sure. So... I could I could 100% see that being a thing. Uh, I, I, I feel like the anti-manager is a little bit of a stretch because I feel like they've been doing that shtick with Chelsea and him well before the notion of, oh, you have to have a manager to be successful in AEW became well, Chelsea, like a, a thing. Chelsea dropped his ass, though. So ever since then, he's... She did eventually, but yeah. yeah. And um, Chelsea hasn't been on TV since she dropped. So I don't know what's going on well, there. I think, I think that's there was rumors that she was getting moved up to the main roster. Oh, uh, um, that makes sense. Okay, okay. But there just wasn't a, like a where or when, which is why she dropped him. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah, but beyond that, I do. I hundred percent agree with the 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 what the the rising erection or whatever they're called. Ever <laughs> <laughs> the rising erection. Oh man! Um, All right. So my my other takeaway from from NXT was um, before we get into uh, Johnny. Gar- so. Uh, Killian Dane had a match with um fuck who do you have a match with? Who was it? I, I don't even remember who it was with. I think it was with uh oh it was with Dexter Loomis, our our favorite guy that doesn't talk. Oh, creepy, so, creepy mustache. Yeah. So you know, Killian Dane for for those that are smart marks might realize that Killian Dane and Nikki Cross are married in real life. Okay. What I can't figure out is why Killian Dane and Nikki Cross can't seem to keep their clothes on in a match. Both of them tend to always remove a layer of clothing while they're wrestling, right? So in this case, Killian Dane takes his tank top, and instead of taking it off, he, like, removes the straps and pushes it down. But what ended up happening was creating an effect that made it look like he was Lita wearing a thong. And it just looked completely awkward and weird to me. And I don't know why it stood out. And I, I can see Mike on camera like laughing when he's probably on mute. But but basically, like he, he looked like he I, I don't know. It was just weird to me. Like, first of all, why did you pull the tank top down? Secondly, why not just take it off? And he totally looked like Lita with a sticking out of his pants. And it just I don't know. For me, it just took me completely out of the match. And I'm glad Dexter Loomis choked him out because he deserved it after that. Uh, well, I have an excuse for him. Clearly, he just didn't have to go pick up his shirt or try to find it after the match. So he's <laughs> going to keep it on his person while yeah. not being hot and sweaty. Because like, he couldn't find another tank reason. top like that at Target for eight ninety nine. <laughs> hey, man, he's he's on NXT. He's not on the main roster. He doesn't have that Target money. Uh, he um, was on the main roster. <laughs> yeah, and, and look what that got him. 
Uh, but it is funny though that him and his wife both just like mid match just start stripping. Right. Uh, it's good that WWE's not on Twitch or they'd get banned too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like they get a little hot and sweaty and they just start shedding clothes off. I don't get. I don't yeah, get... man. Uh, so and then the other thing, so it wasn't all that went on on NXT. Like I, I thought we had a really good match to end the night between Killian Cross and Dominic Dijakovic. But before that, we had a really good triple threat match. So basically, they opened the show with Keith Lee relinquishing the NXT North American Championship, saying that he wanted to give opportunities, right? So the idea behind it is we're going to have triple threat matches, and then the winner of the triple threat matches is going to go on to be in a ladder match for the North American Championship, which is you know kind of ironic because that was where the North American Championship debuted, was in a ladder match. So... The first triple threat match we had was Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong versus fucking Bronson Reed, which is, you know, a.k.a. Mr. Thick, the thick boy, right? Thick with three C's. Bronson Reed comes out on top in the match. How fucking surprising was that that shit? What's that? I said you don't want a big boy like that on top. Yeah, he might be bottom. Kevin, what are your th- what are your takes on that? We saw Bron- he actually went up against Dexter Loomis at the NXT show that we went to in March, and and was victorious there. But th- did you see Bronson Reed being that like it, it, at, at that show back in March? Could you see Bronson Reed getting the best of Johnny Gargano and Roger <laughs> Strong in a triple threat match? I didn't think Bronson Reed would make it on NXT TV <laughs> as much, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, what a, I I mean honestly, what a, what a great shock. I mean, yeah, um, it was a shock. It was, it was a good, like, I don't know what you, 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 I, you just stopped mid sentence. So I'm not sure if that was on purpose or if, oh no, yeah. I, I maybe apparently I'm cutting out. A little. No, I was just saying like, uh, that was a shock, right? Like a kind of like an OMG moment, right? Yeah, I think it, was, it I, definitely I, I, caught I, me off guard. I, I think when Jason starts cutting out, that means we need to wrap it up because Kevin needs to go to bed. <laughs> well, I think it's—I assumed it was a throwback to earlier episodes. Yeah. That was uh, the theme of the no, show. No, the, the throwback to earlier episodes would be the McDonald's drive-through reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Mike's uh, Mike's McDonald's drive-through. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely a shock, right? We, we got Bronson Reed winning this match. I thought the match overall was good. They kind of worked a similar style to when it was uh, Johnny and who else was in the triple threat match with Keith Lee? Was that Roddy too, or is that somebody else? That was Finn. Oh, yeah. Finn, that's right. So they worked yeah. a similar style to what Johnny and Finn did in that triple threat match because you know, Bronson's the, kind of the bigger guy. My favorite spot of it was uh, Johnny and... Uh, and Roderick were on the outside and Johnny was like, Hey, he's a big guy. We should team up and go after him. Right. And, and obviously there's no crowd there. So what they're saying is very audible. So we should team up. We should go in there. And then Johnny kind of did the countdown. Okay. One, two, three. And they both went to like, kind of run at the ring and they both stopped and they both looked at each other. Like, I knew you were going to do that. I knew. you." So they kind of played up that Johnny still, even though Johnny's a heel, he still doesn't like Undisputed Era because of the animosity that they had previously. So I, I liked how they kind of tied that back. Where Johnny still didn't trust Roddy. Roddy still didn't trust Johnny. They still didn't like each other, and they still weren't going to work together even to get the best of this big guy. And inevitably, that's probably what what cost them both the match, right? 
So it was a good story, in my opinion. Yeah, it was really good. Like overall, like for what little I watched NXT, because I looked at the, I looked at the lineup and I was like, oh man, this is this is this is dog shit. And uh, <laughs> I, I skimmed through it, and that was one of the few matches I actually watched like completely. And I, I'm still just baffled of the winner. Um, but I guess realistically, it's it's getting to the point where like, what can you have, Johnny? Like Roderick Strong. Would have made sense just because, you know, he's been with that title before, but he's not quite to the world championship level. Um, whereas Johnny Gargano, like, I feel like he's to the point where what what more could he do? So, like, having him win the, the North American title wouldn't do anything for him. Um, but this uh, this other guy, like, it's going to be interesting. And yeah. apparently Finn Balor is also interested in the North American Championship. So yeah, and and I next week's he'll be match, in one of the next qualifying matches. And, and the next week's match seems interesting too because not only do you have Finn Balor, but you also have Dexter Loomis in that match as well. And I forget who the third person is, but you know that to me speaks volumes because okay, so you got Bronson Reed who is kind of the surprise winner here. So do you have a guy like Dexter Loomis win? that match and have another surprise and then you got finn balor on the outside looking in as well like that you know it, or maybe that you know they had that happen first just because you're like oh shit anything can happen anybody can win these matches just because you think finn balor is going to win doesn't mean he's actually going to win mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's a very 50 50 like they definitely shook it up with having a thick boy win uh i am curious though because there's five spots and they've pretty much taken like most of their big names and kind of blew their load in the first two rounds. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm curious yeah. who, who, who's going to be left for these other three spots it, unless they, unless they cop out and they're like, Oh, Johnny Gargano and, mm-hmm. and Finn Balor get to be in the match because they bitched to William Regal who was sitting on his couch via Skype. Um, no, it, it's kind of letting, the letting Keith Lee use his office. It's kind of the X NXT thing to do though, where they end up having, like a, a loser bracket match, right? So the people who lost will get like that one chance at that that last spot. So I, I think maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they'll have a battle royale or you know some sort of match where they'll determine that one of the people that lost the match will get that that final chance to be in it. Because that's that's kind of that that seems par for the course for what they normally do. I'm okay with that. Like you don't have to have all the big names in this ladder match, but as long as you have people who can make the ladder match good because that's the one thing that NXT has always been able to do is any gimmick matches they do, they do them right and they just destroy like any sort of expectations you have in the best way. So like you just have to make sure that you, you book this match with the right people and not just be like, Oh, we're the land of opportunity Mm -hmm. kind of style because while I, I really want Loomis to win, just I, I don't know why, but there's just something about him that I, I enjoy and I want right? to see more of him. Um, <laughs> and I just want to see like people afraid or creeped out when they want to try to challenge for the title. I like that too. And I want to see the um, character drawings he does of him with all the oh other my people God, falling yes. off of it. That'd be I, great. I, I just want like people to start finding pictures of their bags of like them being murdered with ladders. <laughs> He just his character just needs to be a little more rapey. <laughs> I mean, does it get more rapey than throwing Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish in a in a 
in a trunk and giving Bobby Fish PTSD to where he had to go have therapy sessions with no, Kyle O'Reilly? No, I, I need to see it. Oh. <laughs> he just goes... <laughs> You want to so be he like really hide, wants them to get banned on Twitch. You, you want to be like hide and right, and Mike, Michael Cole is what you're saying. Oh, oh God. yeah, oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> wow, that was a real weird weird response to that one. All right, all right. Um, so let's pivot off of that. Um, so b- before we stop talking about NXT and start wrapping up the show, how about you know the the NXT champion Adam Cole, where he's not the champion anymore, but former. he was for how many <laughs> former former champion Adam Cole. Yes. Appeared on the Pat McAfee show, and I sent you guys this video clip to get your guys' opinion on it. Where you know the conversation is kind of going back and forth. I don't know if you guys watched the whole thing or not, but basically, you know, it starts off kind of like a na- nice conversation, but then Pat McAfee, in his way, starts making little shots at Adam here and there, and then Adam kind of takes him with a grainish salt, turns the other cheek, what what have you, until the very end of it, where Adam kind of gets up drops a few F-bombs, pushes one of the guys on the show, and kind of freaks out, right? So these guys have always had a little bit of a back and forth when with Pat McAfee working for WWE. He's always been kind of critical of Adam Cole, but, you know, Adam Cole being a heel, it always makes sense, you know, with, with the whole storyline. So do you really think that this was a work, or do you think this was just Adam Cole actually really getting pissed off and just being like, look, I really don't like this dude. Why am I doing a show? I'm very in between like part of me, like the fact that he dropped like F bombs left and right, like that part of me makes it feel like, yeah. but it almost, it almost feels like it was on purpose to do that, to convince me it was a shoot. It was a shoot. Um, just because like Pat, he is a terrible actor. Like the way he was attacking Cole just felt so forced and like, blatantly and then he would be like oh was i being rude i didn't think i was being rude i feel like i treat everybody like this and it was just yeah like, and even when he involved he, the he, other people on the show too where they were like oh yeah yeah this is what he, yeah no he's yeah he's just what he does man just just chill like yeah. it was it just felt so forced that if it's not a work i'll be shocked um but adam cole sold it like he, he's got me at least He's got me at least questioning if it was a, a work or a shoot, which I feel like that right. in, and, in itself is what the goal should should be. And I mean, that's what they did with CM Punk all those years ago with the pipe bomb. It was one of those things like, was it a work? Was it, it was was it a shoot? Because it was so on the nose that it felt like a shoot. And um, it's just like one of those things where it's like, well, I guess we'll find out if they end up having a wrestling match. Then we know it was a work. If nothing comes of it, then it was a shoot. Yeah, I think it was like probably set off to be a work, but I think Cole. I, I watched it two or three times. I I think he legitimately got upset, and if he wasn't legitimately upset, then he did a fucking hell of a job making yeah. you believe he was. Yeah, so he definitely I, uh, con- was convincing. I would say that's why I told you guys. I said it was a work shoot. They worked themselves into a shoot. So I think like. It was set off to be like that, but maybe something did snap in Cole. We're like, I know he's just saying this, but like, I, I'm fucking sick of hearing this shit. And he just kind of snapped. It was so. one of those like he he touched on those insecurities and and <clears throat> the wrong string and and Cole snapped kind of things. Is what you're thinking? Well, yeah. and here's here's what concerns me about this, and I and I wanted to get your guys' take. And I I didn't ask you guys this in our chat because I want I purposely wanted to ask you this on the podcast. So. Do you think that 
him digging this way. Let's say it was a work, right? Is this work designing to get Adam Cole away from Undisputed Era? Because that was kind of the antithesis of what happened. Like that was the culmination. <laughs> I said it again. That was the culmination of, of, <laughs> so of like, kind of thesaurus th- word of the day or something. <laughs> yeah, apparently. It's, 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 it's what he pulled his calendar down his for calendar, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that was the culmination of like what set Adam Cole off was the thought that he couldn't do it without Undisputed Era, right? So is that what's gonna maybe Adam Cole debuts on the main roster to make a name for himself without Undisputed Era? Or was that maybe just kind of a coincidence? And, you know, if it was kind of more of a shoot, then maybe that that's not what they're doing. That I guess that's my concern. If it's a work, then I feel like they're working him away from Undisputed Era. And I'd rather the I'd rather those guys stay together. Yeah. I, I 100%. I'm, I, that's that's my concern too, because that was one of the first things that came to mind after watching that. After the initial shock of Adam Cole being like "fuck you" and "fuck your show" and "fuck your face" and "fuck your mom" yeah. and walking out, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> fuck your ass, um, and fuck your stupid couch. Um, yeah. Was okay. What set him off was him saying not not that sh- that he's a light like Shawn Michaels light. Um, it was that he needs the undisputed era. I'm like, oh no! If this is a work, that means they're and and that's what, they're that's splitting how, them up because someone in the group doesn't want to leave NXT. And that's and why I like, wonder fuck. if like it was Pat McAfee like fed that line or something like that, and Cole didn't know that. Was, that song. was he fed a line or he just improvised a line that set Cole off? You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. it's pro wrestling, so it's probably a work. Oh, yeah. Because Pat, I mean, Pat McAfee, go... correct me if I'm wrong, he is still technically employed by WWE. Am I am I correct on that? He wasn't I, let go at no any point clue. in time. I don't pay enough attention to the the side pieces to know who's unemployed and who's not. Yeah, so I, I'm I still know. I'm still under the impression that Pat McAfee. So that that's that part of it makes me think. Okay, maybe this is. But at the same time, Pat McAfee is the kind of guy that pisses people off, though. Like he intentionally kind of digs at he kind of digs at people and that's he's been like that his entire life like his whole nfl thing like that's just who he's been right he's always been that guy that's kind of like digged at people and pissed people off so i can see him totally just pissing off adam cole trying to do it on purpose to get a rise out of him but then maybe getting a little what he bargained for so that's what i'm i'm hope like i'm thinking that that might be what this was was pat mcafee purposely taking a few shots at him thinking it was harmless but then catching cole on a bad day in a bad mood and you know it just turned into something more than what he bargained for but mm-hmm. i i would rather it be that rather than it be them separating cole from undisputed air i guess is, is my i, I couldn't agree it. more i i i pray to the wrestling gods that that this was just him poking the bear at the wrong time and Cole snapped and not intentional. Cause if it was intentional, then I'm going to be very sad because hands down my, probably one of my favorite factions of all time is going to break up and it's going to be fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, that being said, um, I, lesson wise kevin unless you got something you can pull out of your ass last minute unless you did plan something well i did but you know 
Fuck it. Well, what do you got? We went. No. <laughs> He's mad between you uh, burying his kid's uh, softball team and me burying him as the historian who can't remember if Ultimate Warrior wore the fucking coat to the ring or not. He's like, <laughs> fuck you guys. No history lesson for you. Yep. <laughs> That's this week. Have you worked at all on the uh, on the bracket? Yeah, I have. I've got. Um, I made it to like a. I got about like twenty four. Okay. Which you know we'll get a little more in that. So you know we'll I'll I'll, out how... I'll start a poll for the Rock this week. So far, it looks like uh, Stone for the Stone Cold poll that I did. That's the bottom line. Is currently winning, but give me a hell yeah. Actually, still has a chance. So, you know, the, I, I also put in what in Austin 316, but for the most part, it looks like that's the bottom line and give me a hell yeah are the two that are, are kind of taking the, the lead there. So we'll see. There's still one day, 10 hours left in that vote because I, I, legitimately, I legitimately set the vote for three days uh, or was it three days, uh, one hour and 16 minutes. So it was 316 for the vote. <laughs> So it's not three sixteen. That's three. That's three one one six. Oh no! It was oh, six minutes. I'm sorry, not sixteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, six minutes. So it was three. It was three hours. It was three hours and sixteen minutes, basically. So it was uh, or three days, one hour, sixteen minutes. So three sixteen. That's how or six minutes. Fuck! I'm drunk. I say you fucked oh it up. God. Three so days, times, but... one hour, six minutes. So it, it was three sixteen. Was was what it was for. I'll try and there yeah. It is. Yeah, I got it. Sorry, um, but but yeah. So 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 we still have uh, one day and ten hours to vote. So we'll see who ends up winning. But it sounds like that's the, that's the bottom line. We'll probably come out winning on that. So, but we'll get one up for the Rock too because there's at least you know four that we can we can choose from the Rock as well. So we'll we'll make sure to get some votes on that so we know which one's gonna gonna represent. So, but uh, but yeah, man, that that's uh, you know that, that's really about it. Anybody else have anything? Close this out. Nope. All right, nope. cool. Right. All right, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Gimmick Minute. Appreciate everybody that listens. Please interact with us on our Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow us at Live Your Gimmick. That's L I V Y R U R G I M M I C K. You can also follow us on. You can also follow us on all of our media junkie channels. So we are part of the media junkie family. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at media junkie vids. You can also check out our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash media junkie. And Mike also has his own thing going on. Mike, go ahead and talk about that. for. So if you enjoy action figures and enjoyed the 15 minute segment that we did on the uh, Mattel W elite line uh, earlier in the show, check out me and Jamar over on the modern toy fair news, YouTube channel. Every Friday we talk about the toy news. And then on Monday I do reviews. The actual first review I did was of the W elite fiend figure. So I definitely talk about wrestling figures on there along with all sorts of other stuff. So check us out. And if you want to support the show, you can go to tpublic.com, search Modern Toy Fair, Gimmick Minute, Media Junkie, Why Are You a Gamer, all the other podcasts on uh, that we do, and you'll see our logos. You click on it. There's a Vault of Personality Comics uh, link that takes you to my store. There's all sorts of masks that uh, you can get so you're not an asshole like Ric Flair. Um, and you can also get the, the new I Wasn't There. <laughs> I Wasn't There Comic-Con shirt that I made that uh, people seem to like. So uh, check those out.
Cool. I'm honestly a little offended that I didn't get asked to join in for the WWE League conversation, modern, but it's cool. I, I'm, I'm well, not trying not, not we, to cry we myself. Were, we were, Wait, I, Mike, put me on. You weren't on, James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James, you were supposed to tell him I made a new graphic <laughs> and everything oh, oh, so that way you'd be in it. My bad. Um, well, the biggest issue was just like we have our show is already so long and we had to break it up into four separate episodes for the Comic-Con episode that having a third person on there to talk about things, people would would get because like, it's not like a podcast like you two you people just, have the attention span of two minutes. You just bring me on for that segment and then I cut off. That's it. That's how uh, that that's segment how, was the entire Mattel episode. Jason. I don't have to I don't have to be on there for the entire fucking show, but uh, that's cool. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a time. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much for that, Mike. And Mike does have some really awesome T-shirt designs, so make sure you check that out. I personally have a few that he's designed, and I really like them. Like our new Gimmick Minute shirt that is the style of the uh, Inner Circle shirt with the the cross and the skulls, which is a also take off of a Guns N' Roses shirt, so we stole all that idea. And he also has other stuff, too, outside of that, like the Deathclaw shirt he's currently wearing, or my favorite, which is the Bebop and Rocksteady Knuckles Sandwich Shop, which I also love. And uh, I also have our PWO shirt, which is the the podcast world. So definitely definitely go on there and support him on tpublic.com. Make sure that if you do love this podcast, you do share it with your friends. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. You can follow Stitcher. Uh, Castbox and more. You can also follow us on Google Podcasts, so we're available everywhere. If you do use Apple, we do ask that you leave us a five star review. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Gimmick Wrestling Podcast. We really do appreciate it, and I always kind of end with the same tagline: "Remember to be a fan," because that is really what's important. And always live your gimmick. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>